Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, it's my mom. Mama. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, February 16th, 2024. Good morning and welcome back to a brand new hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverins and studio producer Gabby Burke in for Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for making us a part of your morning on this Friday after Ash Wednesday, wherever you may be across America and beyond. Uh, listening to us here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. A little bit later this hour, we're going to talk with Father Richard Rocha, the chaplain of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, about their back-to-back uh, Super Bowl championships as well as the tragic shooting at the Victory Parade. I want to bring in uh, Glenn once again. What are a few of the big stories, uh, big fella, that are making headlines uh, this hour here on this Friday morning? Well, again, kind of keeping an eye on uh, what's been going on in Kansas City, a, a candlelight vigil last night uh, to remember those who were uh, killed and wounded in that attack. Again, uh, one dead, a Kansas City disc jockey, a Catholic mom of two, and, uh, you know, some 20 other folks, uh, at least half of whom were under age 16, John. Yeah, it is uh, such a sad, sad story uh, uh, to hear the news of this mother that died, uh, Lisa Lopez uh, Galvan. She never made it to the hospital, literally uh, died right uh, on location. Um, a, a local uh, radio DJ and a parishioner at uh, Sacred Heart Guadalupe Parish in Kansas City. Um it's been reported that, uh, according to a, a variety, uh, Taylor Swift uh, donated $100,000 uh, to uh, Lisa's family. Uh, good, good. Nice to, nice to hear uh, people helping one another like that. Also reports uh, this wasn't, say, a shooting like the Las Vegas shooting at an entertainment event, one person trying to take out as many people as possible, but a couple of uh, parties fighting one another with uh, indiscriminate shooting all over the place, hitting Many people, of course, in the midst of a crowd of a million. Absolutely. Um, and um, the uh, uh, police chief uh, for Kansas City, uh, Stacy Graves, um, held a press conference uh, yesterday afternoon to update uh, reporters. First and foremost, I want to stress that preliminary investigative findings have shown there was no nexus to terrorism or homegrown violent extremism. This appeared to be a dispute between several people that ended in gunfire. The 22 victims age range between eight years old and 47 years old. At least half of our victims are under the age of 16. Such a uh, sad, sad uh, tragedy. And uh, as we talked about in the first hour with uh, licensed clinical counselor Rhonda Stark, uh, you, you, this is, you don't expect this kind of thing to happen when you go to a, a, uh, a Super Bowl championship victory parade or a, or a rally of any sorts. When you go to a big event like that uh, with your families. You know, I mentioned for you really hits home, as you've mentioned, uh, you know, being with your son at the, the Cubs celebration a few years back, uh, you know, easy for you to imagine what that scene was like. 
Oh, there was no doubt. Uh, in fact, as I was watching the, the coverage and watching the uh, helicopter shots of, of just this massive sea of red at the, at the Chiefs parade, I, I couldn't help but reminisce, uh, you know, taking my then eight-year-old uh, Joseph uh, to the Chicago Cubs uh, World Series uh, championship parade and rally uh, along the lakefront in Chicago. And you can't even begin to imagine, you know, what it must be like uh, to be at, at, at such a, a fun, joyous event uh, to, to celebrate a championship and then have to be literally running for your life when you're hearing uh, bullets firing. And, you know, being in large crowds like that, I mean, it, it can be scary for some, can be very exciting for others. And we find, you know, in the vast majority of situations, everyone who's friendly gets along pretty well. They're celebrating the same thing. They're happy to be there and then, uh, you know, wrecked by a few people. Yeah. And I think it also brings up the, the question of, uh, Respect for life, which we see uh, not just in this shooting in Kansas City, but, you know, what goes on uh, all over our country every weekend in major cities uh, with uh, senseless shootings with very little respect for life. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully conversation uh, about uh, addressing the the kind of culture that uh, makes this normalized. Absolutely. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Glenn, uh, there's a couple of other uh, stories uh, that have to do with courtrooms uh, in the news this morning. Uh, you got to, you know, keep a scorecard almost to keep track of uh, the different trials that uh, former President Trump is involved in. Uh, One of the things he's hoping to do is uh, delay these proceedings far enough to, you know, hopefully win the election and pardon himself. That's one of the primary strategies we we understand, but uh, that's not going to be the case in every one of the trials he's involved in. The hush money trial will go ahead as scheduled jury selection to start March 25th. The New York judge ruled that yesterday he turned aside demands for delay from the president's defense lawyers. Elsewhere in Georgia, a case will be delayed most likely there. One of the prosecutors, the Fulton County DA, Fawny Willis, will be back in court, court determining if she should be tossed from that uh, Georgia election case because of improper Conduct and uh, meanwhile, uh, again, like say the president just hoping to uh, move these back far enough so that the uh, election road can can travel in a more normal fashion. I saw a little bit of uh, the uh, Fani Willis uh, court proceedings, and uh, that was not a good day for Fani. Her credibility is really, really, uh, you know, lost. Yep, and the whole thing getting very expensive uh, for Mr. Trump as well. A ruling expected today in the civil fraud trial in New York. Uh, That judge overseeing the case has found Trump did engage in fraud, but now the decision on what the penalties he and his company should pay. Uh, The uh, officials in New York asking for $370 million in a ban on Trump and other defendants from doing business in New York. So we may have news on that yet today. All right. Uh, and uh, on a much uh, happier note, uh, there is a new all-time uh, leading, leading scorer in uh, NCAA uh, women's college basketball, Glenn. Iowa guard Caitlin Clark broke the all-time record, 3,527 points. She helped her team uh, to win over Michigan, 106-89 yesterday. Here's what that uh, record-setting basket sounded like, courtesy of ESPN. Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? There it is! The all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball. 
And that was a uh, three-pointer plus if they had such things coming almost from uh, Sioux City all the way to Iowa City, <laughs> a long, a long three-pointer. A, a great way to put an exclamation point on uh, what's been so far a fantastic career, John. Yeah, we usually don't talk about women's college basketball here on the show, but, uh, you know, Kaylin Clark is really, really special. I mean, she is a lights-out uh, uh, scorer and obviously now the the all-time record hoarder in uh, women's basketball. Uh, Glenn, do you know how, uh, different ways to say three-pointer? Yeah, there's a few different ways, but you as the sports guy, man, this is your moment, huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. It could have been a tray, a triple from downtown, from long distance, just to name a few. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh, Did you spe- know one of my early announcing jobs was uh, women's college basketball? I was the public address announcer for the Minnesota Gophers back in the uh, early Early 80s in uh, in ancient Williams Arena, which was ancient back then and is even more ancient now. I did not know that, Glenn. I think maybe you maybe you might have mentioned it a, a, a while back, but I had forgotten. Uh, one other uh, hoops note uh, uh, on the men's side, uh, as you reported, uh, this is NBA All Star Weekend, uh, and so uh, uh, the uh, the NBA will be getting together uh, in Indianapolis uh, for uh, uh, a number of different activities, beginning with the uh, uh, skills the three-point uh, shooting contest, the slam dunk contest uh, that'll be on Saturday. Then, of course, on Sunday, the 73rd All-Star Game. Uh, the, these things, can, can, they're exhibition games, but they can be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, and you like scoring, uh, you know, watch an NBA All-Star Game. It's going to probably end up being like a 160 to 145, something like that. Actually, I actually enjoy the three-point shooting contest and the slam dunk. I, you know, I still I have a, a framed picture of MJ, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan in midair taking off from the free throw line down in our basement uh, the, as a little reminder. No, John, as a kid, did you ever try and, you know, maybe set up some things to jump off of to do a slam dunk in the driveway or something uh, like that? No, more like as a growing up with a Nerf ball oh, <laughs> and a little okay. Nerf basket uh, in the basement. Joseph and I used to play when he was little, and we used to have a lot of fun uh, oh. playing Nerf hoops. That's excellent. That's excellent. I think maybe being 10, 12 years old or maybe a little bit more. And uh, My dad is a carpenter, had various kind of step stools he made for carrying tools. And there was one that got us maybe about three feet into the air for the start. And, uh, you know, we got up there and we're above the rim to be able to dunk it. And then when you're up there for that split second, you're thinking, oh, this is kind of a long way down, you know, when you're 12. <laughs> and so we didn't do that too much. But uh, in Minnesota, that, that short outdoor basketball season when uh, it's uh, the ice is too melty for hockey and it's still a little too muddy for baseball. So uh, shooting a, a muddy basketball in the driveway uh, is the, the, the hallmark of March. Oh, you are bringing back some memories. I remember playing hoops before grammar school and going in in my school uniform all sweaty after playing basketball before the start of school but uh, out, and outdoors out in the, in the uh, the playground so lots of fun as always uh, thanks for the memories Glenn hey, hey sure thing John uh, we start every hour as we always do always in prayer first things first giving a thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings uh, through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary the mother of God and we continue to pray for peace in the world especially in the Middle East and in Ukraine we pray for peace in our nation peace in our church and in our families and of course we uh, continue to pray for the victims of the Kansas City Chiefs parade shooting in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, a patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from Luke 11, 9, and 10. Jesus the Lord says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks, everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. During this Lent, we're called to prayer to pray with great childlike trust. The Lord wants us to pray with gratitude and to keep our, on asking, knowing that the Lord knows what's best for you. God answers our prayers if they are according to his will. We may not always like the answer, but we nevertheless should never quit. Keep praying, keep knocking, keep seeking and asking because God will answer you. And we always pray with great confidence uh, that prayer from the chaplet of divine mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a short break when we come back. Sean Carney, the president and co-founder of 40 Days for Life, will join us to discuss his take on the Biden administration's fervent push for abortion rights, as well as the current 40 Days for Life campaign that's happening in 658 cities all around the world. So stay with us as Morning Air continues on this Friday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Looking at life from a Catholic worldview, this is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Gabby in for Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's great to be with you here on Relevant Radio and the, the new Relevant Radio app on this Friday after Ash Wednesday. As always, you can send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. And uh, you might want to jot down our number and put it in your phone if you want to be part of the program. It's 888 Now, we know that the current Biden administration has been pushing so-called abortion rights uh, from the very beginning since they first got into office. But at the same time, our first Catholic president after Kennedy took a moment on Wednesday to observe Ash Wednesday. Joining us live from Houston, Texas, is Morning Air contributor Sean Carney, the president, CEO, and co-founder of 40 Days for Life, to uh, talk about the Biden administration's fervent push for abortion rights and also uh, the current 40 Days for Life campaign that's going on around the world in 658 cities. Uh, Sean is one of the most sought-after international pro-life speakers. He's executive-produced award-winning pro-life documentaries. He has also co-authored the number one top-rated Christian book, 40 Days for Life, Discover What God Has Done, Imagine What He Can Do. And he also wrote The Beginning of the End of Abortion. 
Good morning, Sean. Thanks so much uh, for uh, being with us. It is always a blessing to be with you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Happy Lent. Happy Lent to you as well. Uh, Sean, uh, just a couple of days ago on Ash Wednesday, uh, President Biden stepped forward to receive his ashes, uh, which, of course, is a symbol of repentance and humility. What, what is your take on, on this? And um, what uh, can we uh, specifically uh, do for uh, our Catholic president uh, during this Lent? I think we need to pray for him and fast for him, not in like some self-righteous condescending way. You know, I'm going to pray for you because <laughs> you're gone, you know, but I think when it comes to Biden's Catholicism, you know, he's not a 21 year old struggling Catholic who's, you know, trying to figure it out. He's a grown man. He's losing his mind, literally, which is very dangerous. Uh, Thomas Kempis worries, warns us about that in the imitation of Christ. Um, and he has persistently, aggressively and uh, with celebration promoted abortion while at the same time publicly touting uh, his Catholicism. I I think at his age and his stage and how long he's been doing this, I think a lot of Catholics kind of roll their eyes at it because they're tired of it. It's just another Catholic politician who could care less what the church teaches. They just do whatever they want, uh, it seems, with no repercussions. And so uh, Biden just ignores the church, um, you know, and, and, you know, goes to mass and, and goes to Ash Wednesday and does all of those things. Um, but through his actions, <clears throat> which we, we have to look at, um, he doesn't seem to take the church's teaching on, on human life seriously, or he thinks going against it really has zero consequences whatsoever. And, and of course the bishops and the, and the church teach the opposite. Sean, uh, I remember a number of years ago, there was a Monsignor that I knew who used to talk about, you know, more people getting to heaven because of invincible ignorance. Is it is it possible he just doesn't understand, he just doesn't really know at the heart level uh, about the, the intrinsic value of human life? He doesn't understand the Catholic Church's teachings? I... I hope so, but the problem with that is that he advocated strongly for a for a, a national ban against abortion early on in his political career. He was an extremely pro-life senator when he started. He was one of those old-school pro-life Democrats who just caved uh, whenever we had all this cultural upheaval, and, and in order to be a Democrat, you had to accept abortion as a sacrament. So... I, I, you know, I think that there are people who kind of grow up in some, you know, liberal Catholic household and you kind of do whatever you want. They just had no formation. We have millions of souls like that. We, you know, we all know it. And, um, but I don't think he had that. He was very pro-life. He was very, you know, he, he switched. And, and I think that that, um, I think that it's just, this is why people can go on a rant about politics, right? We Americans love our politics and it could be Trump versus Biden and and all of this and Biden, what a scandal. And it is a scandal, but at the end of the day, um, we really do need to pray for him. I mean, he is in a very difficult position publicly. He's doing all of this publicly and it is a scandal. Um, and, and are, you know, I, I don't think enough people are concerned about, you know, his soul as we would be concerned about our own souls and, and the souls of those around us. And so I'm sure there's been fraternal correction by the bishops privately. We haven't really seen anything substantive publicly, but 
that, you know, I, I would hope that he knows at this stage, I, I think one of the problems is he's the poor guy's losing his mind. I think you're spot on, uh, uh, Sean. I want to invite our listeners, uh, if you want to be part of our conversation, if you have any thoughts on our uh, Catholic president's faith and uh, the Biden administration's fervent push for abortion rights, we're taking your calls uh, for Sean Carney, the president and CEO of 40 Days for Life at 888-914-9149. 888 uh, Sean, do you see a continuation of uh, this uh, pro-abortion philosophy as as being uh, on the forefront here uh, during uh, the president's re-election uh, efforts? Yes, and that, that's why I wrote that op-ed in town hall, because we're going to see all this climax. His, his pro-abortion public stance and his public Catholicism will climax because, and it is, because he is, uh, he's running on abortion. Uh, that, that's all they have. His, his presidency, by most measures, has been a, a total disaster. Um, and they don't even want him to run again behind the scenes. And, and so he's using Trump being evil by overturning Roe v. Wade to run. And the Democrats are convinced that that is a winner because of some of the previous elections. And so it's, it's going to be really bad. I mean, he, he's going to continue to do it. There's another thing, John, that, that I think is going to be very sad that we may see. And that is whenever if they remove him and they run another candidate, it, it will be shocking how quickly the Democrats and the country forget about Joe Biden. I, I don't I think very few people respect him as a president. I think the Democrats are, are furious that they kind of have to run him and they're in this tough spot. And whenever he's removed, I mean, he will be he will be on an island. I mean, they will run from him quicker. We see it all the time with former presidents. Um and they'll just distance themselves from him and, and he'll be forgotten very quickly. And that's another thing. That's another, I think, opportunity for us as Catholics or, or clergy to, to not forget about him because he, he is definitely going to be quickly forgotten. If he, if he wins and somehow serves another term and lives through that, uh, when he's done, he'll be done. But, but if, if they remove him from the race, I mean, you're just, they're not going to reference him ever again. Well, Sean, uh, the reminder to pray for our Catholic president, uh, to pray for President Biden, even if we may not agree with his politics, uh, our faith teaches that we're called to pray for our leaders. Uh, what about the VP? What about uh, Kamala Harris? Uh, she is very pro-abortion herself, and she's actually out on this so-called uh, reproductive right tour. Yeah, and I mean, the reason we're having this conversation is because it's an objective fact that Joe Biden is the most pro-abortion president in the history of our country. Um, that that is that he he just left Obama. He's definitely left Clinton. Clinton created the safe, legal and rare, which is a joke now for abortion advocates. Um, so between Biden and, and Kamala, um, they celebrate this. They push it. She did an abortion tour. Um, you know, they they have used the federal government, not just the DOJ, to come after groups like us, 40 Days for Life, uh, but they have used the FDA to deregulate ab- uh, abortion pills. Um, they have hinted that they want to ban abortion pill reversal, like Crazy Newsom is doing in California. They also started implementing paying for abortions for military members. Remember, Obama would have never done this. This would have been insane in like 2013 or 14. 
th- this is a new recent phenomenon and he's, he's pushed it or those around him have pushed it. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it, that's why I said, I think it's more of a sad thing. People, whatever they see him at mass, they don't want to, we don't want to think about scandalous politicians that are just wear you out. But I think a lot of people just kind of roll their eyes and like, it's just another guy who just blows off church teaching, doesn't take it seriously and just does whatever he wants. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we, like you said, we need to pray for those people and we need to have an authentic love for them because we ourselves will, will obviously face our, our particular judgment and have to answer for what we do and don't do. According to all the polls, uh, the American people are not where some of these politicians are, including our president and the VP and many others when it comes to abortion. They don't understand that abortion hurts women. They don't understand that most Americans don't agree with a, a, a limit with no limits. Yeah, you're, you're right. I want to touch on something that we kind of scraped over. I'm assuming your listeners are, are maybe thinking about this. These running on abortion is a loser. Now, it doesn't look like that because we've had, you know, these these elections where it looks like, you know, young people came out and voted for abortion. But when you look at the numbers and you look at candidates who won handedly in 2022, like Greg Abbott, uh, uh, DeSantis, Kemp, they were radical pro-life you know, people. Those commercials made them look like the devil, and they won handedly against a lot of money. The reaction to Roe being overturned, this sort of knee-jerk, it's the end of the world, the Kansas vote, the Ohio vote, all those losses, that is temporary. That is temporary because the pro-abortion single-issue voter it's a very small constituency. It's not like the single-issue pro-life voters where we just like go out and this is our issue. But it's very small. It doesn't have a lot of enthusiasm. And I think we see this knee jerk because Rose overturned. And that that's not gonna, that is a sprint. It's not a marathon, in my opinion. I may be wrong, but I don't think we're going to see that when when you look at inflation and everything else, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, all these things start to resurface for a presidential election. And I think we'll see that. Well, on a much uh, happier note, uh we know of at least one baby that has been saved from your current 40 Days for Life campaign that started on Ash Wednesday. Give us the latest. I know you're in, my goodness, 658 cities around the world. Yeah, it's, it's just, um, you know, speaking of Roe being overturned, everybody said, well, the pro-life movement's going to go away and, and, you know, they won't have the enthusiasm. Everybody thinks it's over. And I know we at 40 Days for Life have experienced quite the opposite. We've had record campaign after record campaign. This Lent, we have 656 cities, um, which is a record for, for the Lent. And we're, we added U.S. cities. So we lost a lot of cities, obviously, for the best reason. Their abortion facility closed. Um, but we we replaced and then added cities because a lot of people who were sort of on the fence, I know about 40 days for life, but I'm never going to participate. They got off the fence with the overturning of Roe. It's kind of like people like a winner, you know, like, Oh, maybe the country is changing. And so we've seen uh, rapid growth. We've done our best to keep up with that growth and the high demand of 40 days for life, which is an all time high, but it has been beautiful to see the, the save babies and the, and the record number of volunteers, reaching out to women. Well, Sean, as always, uh, it's a joy to be with you. Real quick, uh, where can our listeners go if they want to get involved uh, with the current uh, 40 Days for Life uh, campaign? 
Yeah, find your location at 40daysforlife.com. We also have a podcast. We have a free magazine. It's all on the website, 40daysforlife.com. All right, as always, uh, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Keep up the great work. Sean Carney, the president and CEO and co-founder of 40 Days for Life. Uh, We need to take a short time out when we come back. Father Richard Rocha, the chaplain of the Kansas City Chiefs, will be with us to talk about the the Chiefs winning back-to-back Super Bowl titles as well as his perspective on uh, the tragic events and the shooting in Kansas City. So stay with us. We're headed down the stretch on this Friday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Kansas City, let me hear you one time! Man, what a year to battle through the adversity, to continue to go, to go for that championship. They all doubted us. I don't want to hear any different. But you know who came through in the end. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was a three-time Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes, celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs back-to-back Super Bowl titles at the Chiefs' victory parade and rally before the tragic shooting uh, just minutes later. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much uh, for joining us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app as we continue to pray for the families of the victims and all the chief fans that, that got hurt at what should have been a joyous celebration. Joining us live this morning is Father Richard Rocha, the Catholic chaplain for the Kansas City Chiefs, to talk about the Chiefs winning back-to-back Super Bowl championships as well as his per- perspective on this uh, tragedy at the parade and rally. Father Rocha serves as the pastor of St. Robert Bellarmine Catholic Church in Blue Springs, Missouri. He's also the chaplain for the Kansas City Royals and the Kansas City Police Department. Good morning, uh, Father Rocha. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, It's a blessing uh, to be with you once again. and uh, not uh, the type of situation that uh, we expected uh, after uh, winning uh, a Super Bowl. No, John, obviously not. Uh, um, I had so many phone calls and texts asking if I was okay, if I was all right. I, I actually didn't go to the parade because of Ash Wednesday, obviously. And and uh, I had a, a noon mass uh, as well, one of my three masses I had throughout the day. So uh was, was not able to be there. But but through prayer. And then, uh, it was just, um, yesterday, early, early morning that I found out that the woman who died was a younger sister of a, a very dear friend of mine who, um, uh, I've met on and had dinner with on, a, on uh, quite a few occasions and, uh, uh, found out that it was his younger sister. So, uh, that's, uh, uh even, uh, hit home even, even more that, that, uh, through that connection, uh, so I ask you, um, all of the viewers and listeners uh, to uh, to continue to pray uh, for the Lopez Galvin family. Um, the uh, again, uh, mother and father will be burying their daughter, um, you know, here just in a few days. So um, you know, my my continued prayers go out to them and and to all those victims. Um, I, I was very impressed with uh, some of the players. Uh, I hear that uh, that stood. Uh, with some of the younger children who were just uh, ecstatic, uh, they were just again in shock, I believe, and um, uh, so that was a, that was a great comfort to know that uh, 
uh, they were there and, and, and being, being helpful. Um, my understanding is uh, that um, Taylor Swift, uh, according to Variety, uh, donated $100,000 uh, to the, the family of Lisa Lopez Galvan, uh, this beloved Catholic mother uh, and local radio DJ. I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't follow those tabloids, but uh, uh, if, if it is, uh, wonderful. I mean, I'd say what a blessing that is, uh, that there's care and concern. And I know the Chiefs did put out a, a public statement. Uh, uh, thanks be to God for that. And and uh, we'll definitely uh, try to move forward to have special masses said and what have you for, for the repose of her soul and for her family, um, um, for them as well. Um, Father Rocha, how are the chief fans and the people of Kansas City uh, doing uh, after this horrible tragedy? Uh, so from what I know, it's it's uh, it's prayer. It, it's um, that's just a realization that uh, you know the tragic things can happen, and and uh, especially after a joyous day, a joyous occasion, um, you know, people were uh, again happy for their team. You know, the city of Kansas City and winning back to back and, and, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, uh, brought a, uh, a lot of great joy to and happiness to Kansas city. And then, and then to have this happen, um, yeah, puts it back into perspective, you know, God, uh, uh again, please may he shine his mercy on, on all of those, uh, who were involved. And I believe they were young children, young children, meaning teenagers, uh, uh, two of them that were, that were part of this, well, we continue, of course, uh, to, to pray uh, for uh, uh, the family of Lisa Lopez Galvan and all of uh, the families that were involved in this uh, horrific uh, tragedy. Uh, Father, I want to switch gears uh, on a much happier note. I want to share the dramatic moment in overtime when uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, tossed the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Kevin Harlan with the call on Westwood One. First and goal at the three. Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front, receiver emotion, low snap. He runs and he throws, caught, touchdown! It's caught! Hardman caught the ball! The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won! The entire bench empties! Chasing Mahomes in the end zone! Their third Super Bowl in five years! The Chiefs are back-to-back! Super Bowl champions. It is a dynasty. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 58, 25, 22 in overtime. It means a ton. Just the adversity we dealt through, dealt with this year, and the come through, the guys never faltered. I just got to give God the glory, man. He, he challenged us to make us better. Once again, we're joined by Father Richard Rocha, the chaplain of the Kansas City Chiefs. Father, what was it like for you to be at Super Bowl 58 there in Las Vegas and, and to be on hand to actually watch with your own eyes the Chiefs win back-to-back titles, uh, their third championship in five years? Oh, what what a blessing, first of all, uh, it, it, it was. And uh, just, to be, just to be a part of this uh, organization where you know, uh, uh, God is, is, is important. Um, um, and that's probably every NFL organization, but the only one I obviously had that opportunity with is the chiefs, but, uh, 
but to uh, to know that uh, the mass is so important that they would take their team priest, and I even got to, to, to take the guy who serves my masses for the Royals and the Chiefs, and and uh, and to, to provide that provide that for the men and uh, the team hotel. Even there was a different demeanor on the men. They were there and mingling with family and what have you. But boy, it was just a very determined looks, you know, uh, uh, from them. So, uh, but yes, you know, seen that look before, uh, uh, especially in my, uh, few coaching days and, and what have you, but, uh, uh, but no, it was just, a what a, what a blessing, what a great weekend, what a great season. Uh, you would have thought this, uh, right in mid season. Now, Father, uh, were, were you uh, in a suite, uh, in a seat, or, or did you make it down to the sideline uh, in in your uh, favorite place? You no, know, I was uh, I was in in regular seats, so uh, uh, which is where I'd love to be. And we were about on the twenty five twenty five yard line, um, uh, but it was yeah, what a it was a great game. I didn't get a chance to go down afterward and. And then the after the after effects with all the um, with all the interviews and what have you, uh, you go to the after party and got the special pass and uh, with the players. Uh, I I left and went to bed before the players showed up, so uh, uh, saw a few of them the next day. But uh, uh, no, it was just it was uh, what a great experience to to witness. What, what was your role at uh, at the big game, and did you get a chance uh, you know to to talk to the players uh, beforehand? You know, um, uh, the Saturday before again, they're they're in the we're in the team hotel, and and so seeing some of them uh, having uh, uh, the mass on Saturday night, and and it was just like status quo. They 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 just kind of want um, you know everything to be the same. Uh, not that they're superstitious, but uh, even the even the uh, the people the Catholic men that I had the mass for, you know, even rearranged the chairs uh, because they said this. That is in our hotel um, back home. So, uh, so they did that, and and uh, and uh, they saw myself and and John Malicote, my server. And it was just like status quo. They they just they want everything to be, yeah. Just this is this is status quo. This is what we do. And and um, so yeah, that, that was the um, you know the effect. And then the following uh, day, that Sunday morning, I had mass for some of the, uh, my t- the team doctor was my doctor as well and his family and, and some medical staff and some of the players, parents, uh, that, uh, that, uh, couldn't get to the, uh, um, uh, the Saturday evening mass cause it's highly restricted and what have you. So, um, so I, d- I was able to do that on Sunday morning and, and, and to visit with them before we headed to the, uh, to the stadium. So, well, Father Rocha, th- this was uh, the most watched Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls. Uh, I believe 123 million people uh, were, were tuning in in one form or another uh, through all the different platforms. Uh, what They were seeing a Chiefs team that never gives up, a, a team that came back time and time again, uh, overcoming adversity uh, all season long and, sp- and even right down to the end in Super Bowl 58. Yes, uh, and I tell you, we uh, we we probably have the. Uh, I'm sure we do. I don't say probably, but but we have the best quarterback in the league, and uh, and boy, does he know how to help run a team, and and that's what you need. That you need that that coach on the field, and uh, uh, Patrick definitely portrays that, and that was just a, a blessing that we were able to get him and and uh, jump a few spots uh, in that draft to 
to to grab him. So I, the chief staff and the the personnel uh, staff is just um, they're amazing. Um, just on on the, their selections. So you know my hat goes off to them and prayers continue prayers for them that uh, continue this dynasty. Um, Father uh, Patrick Mahomes, of, of course, is he's not Catholic, uh, but uh, obviously he gave thanks to the Lord there in in the post game, uh, just moments after winning the Super Bowl. I was very impressed uh, with that. Uh, I was thinking to myself, this guy is doing his uh, Michael Jordan impersonation, uh, you know, with the cape, Superman. I mean, the way he just took the team on his shoulders and led them to the victory. Exactly, and I, I'm so uh, uh, proud of him to to obviously give God that greater glory and honor. And, and of course, we have our, our own kicker uh, with Harrison Butker doing the same thing and then being at the parade, you know, with his ashes present and knowing that that's first, you know, God's first in my life. And then then, then we celebrate with this parade. But, um, no, it's just uh, just the uh, uh, the attitude of the team, the, the perspective that they have and putting God first. And even with the coaching staff, uh, with those Catholic men that are, that are on the coaching staff, again, it's just, uh, that's important for them. And, and, uh, and I hope and pray that we continue to, to, to do that, to, to give God greater glory and honor. Well, uh, Father, you read my mind because uh, uh, Harrison Butker it was so outstanding. In fact, uh, at the rally uh, before the tragedy, uh, Patrick Mahomes actually called him out and he said, how about a shout out for Patrick Mahomes and the whole place, uh, for uh, Harrison Butker, I Harrison. should say, for Harrison, and the whole place went went wild. Uh, he had a big night. He kicked uh, four field goals. He was four for four, including the longest one in the history of the Super Bowl a record 57-yarder. Let's take a listen, uh, courtesy of Westwood One. The snap from Winchester. The hold by Townsend. Harrison Butker. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is away. A low-line drive. It is good. Got it. That is a 57-yard field goal, the longest in Super Bowl history. And here it comes in Super Bowl 58 to bring the game now to within four. The Chiefs chip into the San Francisco lead. How special was Harrison Butker, Father? Oh, gosh, he, he was awesome. And especially after Moody kicks the, the, the then-current uh, record at 55, I believe. Um no, he's been lights out, Harrison, and uh, what a blessing it's been for him to to lead in his own quiet way. Um, you know, uh, I think Mahomes had said, you know what, I I I I don't talk to him uh, uh, throughout the game or whatever, because I, uh, I know he just he's he's focused and he's and he's um, you know, doing a great job. He's the best as well. Well, uh, Father, I think the, the fact that uh, Harrison Butker was wearing ashes at the parade, uh, you know, really says it all of how important uh, his faith is to him. And, uh, you know, we saw it in the way he conducts himself uh, on the field, off the field. Uh, he's the real deal. Right, he is. And and I'm so uh, 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 proud of my own bishop, Bishop Johnston, uh, James Johnston. He... Um, you know, sends out uh, a video. Hey, we're we're just so happy for our Chiefs, our back-to-back wins in the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, you know, but but this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, so uh, you know we're going to give thanks and praise to God in our way during Lent. We're going to pray. We're going to sacrifice uh, in our way. So uh, it's a subtle reminder that you know, hey, parishes you stay open, schools you're still open, Catholic schools you're still open, uh, what have you. So. 
uh, I, you get my, my hats off to our bishop who, yeah, the same way as Harrison would, would have done it, uh, yeah, God's first. And then, uh, so in that sense, I, I did have a 12, a noon mass scheduled. So, uh, so thanks be to God for that. And we start our Lent off great. Well, Father, I know that uh, you, you hear confessions typically on Friday mornings, and you've got Mass coming up. I so much appreciate you taking time to, to be with us. One last quick question. Uh, after winning uh, three Super Bowl titles in five years, are, are the Chiefs officially now a dynasty, and do you think that they can pull off the three-peat next year? Oh, my goodness. You know, what a blessing. No one, no team has ever done that. And uh, But, yeah, I could, I could say, you know, yes, we are so blessed to have uh, the right people, the right personnel, the right uh, coaching uh, staff with Andy Reid and 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 his greatness, and then uh, and then with the uh, the personnel uh, directors, and they just do a great job. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful organization uh, that uh, that they give to us, the city of uh, Kansas City. Father Rocha, thank you so much uh, for being with us. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, it is uh, such a blessing uh, to, to have you here on the show with your perspective, not only on the big game, but also on the tragedy in Kansas City. Oh, thank you so much, John, and my continued prayers for all the great work that Relevant Radio and, and that you all do there as well to, to, spread the, uh, to spread the faith, the Catholic faith. God love you. Thank you so much. Uh, Father Richard Rocha, the Catholic chaplain for the Kansas City Chiefs. I want to bring in uh, my partner and uh, football fan extraordinaire, Glenn Leverance. Uh, Glenn, uh, that was outstanding. I mean, we're, we're so blessed to be able to uh, to uh, tap into to Father Rocha and his, uh, his unique uh, perspective as the chaplain of the Chiefs. You know, John, you've been like a kid in a candy store talking faith and football all rolled into one with a Super Bowl hero. That's uh, the super Catholic guy and Harrison Butker. And uh, you, can, uh, you can tell it's been a, a joy to talk about that. Now, we also addressed, of course, the, the tragedy of the shooting after the, the parade and rally. And just a couple nice notes you mentioned there. Indeed, uh, helping with the GoFundMe page uh, set up for the woman who was killed, Lisa Lopez Galvin. Uh, Taylor Swift dropped in $100,000 to that GoFundMe. And then the, the Kansas City United Way as well uh, is uh, working with the KC Strong Fund. And uh, they've raised about 13000 themselves as of this morning to help out with the victims. Well, we continue to pray for those uh, victims. Um, meanwhile, it is uh, time once again for another edition of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today called A Tree Limb in the Road by Joseph Mazzella. It's been another long, rough winter here in the mountains of my home. High winds, heavy snows, arctic cold, and drenching rains have all hit us, taking their toll on people, power lines, even the trees around here. And today, as I looked at the broken branches littering my daughter's yard, it brought back memories from another rough winter several years ago. A foot of snow had fallen and was rapidly melting, and the runoff from the hills had swollen the rivers, filled the ditches, and formed puddles in the road. In addition to this, broken and fallen tree limbs were everywhere. I was driving home and suddenly saw one of those limbs had broken off a tree overhanging the road and had fallen across it. It was big enough to wreck my car if I didn't stop in time, so I hit the brakes hard and turned on my emergency flashers. Thankfully, there were no other cars there yet, but I knew it would only be a matter of time before one crashed into that limb, maybe causing an injury or even a death. So I quickly got out of my car, tried to pull the limb to the side of the road. It was a lot heavier than I thought it would be, but with a little prayer and a lot of grunting and groaning, I started to move it. Inch by inch, I pulled it off the road. When it was finally safely to the side, I stood up and smiled. And just as I did, though, a little red car raced around the curve, hit a pool of water in the road, and splashed my pants. I shook my head and laughed at the absurdity of it all. 
Sometimes we all do good things in this life only to get splashed with dirty water for our trouble. When this happens, just remember the real reason you do good is because of the love inside of you. The real reason you do good is because you are good. Do all the good you can then, everywhere you can, at every chance you can. Do good and make the God who watches over you, walks beside you, and lives within you smile. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 says, Let us not grow tired of doing good, for in due time we shall reap our harvest if we do not give up. So then, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who belong in the family of the faith. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. During Lent, let's honor our Lord Jesus and his blessed mother Mary by praying and watching the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky and Maggie at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Friday, February 16th, 2024 edition of Morning Air. For Glenn Leverance, uh, producers uh, Gabby Burke and Miranda Cisneros and our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you Monday on the next edition of Morning Air. Jesus, I trust in you. Have a great weekend and go to Mass, folks. The Patrick Madrid Show is next.